Welcome back to the Ritual and Routine Podcast. I am your host, Mary Spirito. I'm an optimization coach, an intuitive healer, amongst other things. And here on this podcast, I'm all about bridging the gap between the holistic and scientific, between the body, mind, and soul. So welcome, welcome. I'm so excited for you to join me today. If you like this podcast, please be sure to subscribe rate, review, so that other people can see what is possible for themselves when they listen. And if you feel so inclined, please share it with your friends. If you share it on Instagram, tag me at Ritual and Routine, and I would love to keep up the conversation outside of this container. With that being said, let's get this party started. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited. I'm sitting here with Manuela across screens, but it feels like we're sitting here in person. And we're really excited for this podcast today. I, Manuel and I were just sitting here chit-chatting and it was just organically unfolding itself. And I'm like, wait a second, let's, let's turn on the podcast. Let's get this going. So today we have, I think I, I wouldn't say that there's like a list of things that we're going to cover, but I can feel it in my body that there's so many codes and shifts and activations that will lie in just being a part of this conversation today, that just by listening, it will allow you to open up into a deeper knowing or into something more that is allowed for you today. So I'm really excited about the opportunity of that. I want to introduce Manuela. Manuela, you're a slashy like me, right? It's funny because like I don't even ask what you quote unquote do because you're facilitator of all. You're like, you do energy healing slash past life slash you're a, an you know intuitive reader slash like you have all these different modalities but really you know and this is just my read of course like please introduce the way that you would like to be defined but you're you have many different tools but your main mission is just to be a space holder for people to come into healing of themselves yes thank you mary for having me and um Yes, absolutely. I actually don't define myself and I don't define the way I work. And I think that's what keeps me going and growing um, because there's always every single day something new, something different. And my big philosophy is the way I work with people is not a way, but their way. So I work with people based on what they're needing and bringing in all these tools and different tools and maybe just one or many, depending on what they're needing. So yeah, movement is a big piece for me is dance and embodiment and bringing joy and light into the world that sometimes can be so dark or not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, especially yeah. now, I think we're going through like a, a great contraction for more expansion. So just, I've, of course, I, I know that we're going to unfold into your story even more, but just giving us the lowdown. What are some of those tools look like? Like, what does the dance piece look like for you? What are the, some of the tools that you use? Right. So, um, I, my, my biggest modality is energy work and, um, empathic. I opened about around when I was really, really like I, feeling somebody's body and feeling what their, like their blocks are. I always like put myself in New York city and I'm in the middle of like basically Times square. I can feel somebody just even 
across the street Mm -hmm. and I can feel what their energy, where they're blocked, if they've had any sort of injury and I can feel it in my own body and I process it and I let it go. Mm -hmm. So with that energy for me is everything. Um, And that includes Reiki, but Reiki, I'm still studying it. I always say that I'm still always just a uh, a teacher. A student of Reiki, mm-hmm. um, but cranial sacral therapy. I work with crystals. I make jewelry with crystals. They, they, you know, they speak to me. Um, and then dance and movement, so embodiment and somatic practices where trauma is really held at the body level, mm-hmm. and we can really just start having a conversation with our fingertips or even our wrists. Again, if you've had any sort of, um, you know, if you've broken anything. Uh, just how, what that means. And every single part of your body is connected to an emotion and it's connected to a family member or a relationship. And through that, we can uncover like why and how. So I bringing everything, aromatherapy, plants, um, you know, I love sweat lodges, um, all, all sorts of things. Yes. Lots of years. <laughs> yeah. So I love that speaking to the body, right? The body holds all emotion. The body is the grand record keeper. It's through the body that we're able to, I really believe uproot patterns, based on behaviors that are holding us back from being all that we are. Right. So it makes sense that every modality comes down to working, you know, outside of the mind. Absolutely. And even just like thinking about our soles of our feet and how every single line in the sole of our feet or every point is connected to another part of our body or even our our hands, like every little point of our hand is connected to a certain part of our body. So everything's connected, Mm -hmm. right? And our next. So if we have really strong awareness of what part each body part plays and how we can hold on to emotion in that body part, how can we let it go in order to open up for new emotion, for new experience Mm -hmm. in in our body? So we, we all are channels of energy and our feet planted on earth and our head pointed at sky crown mm-hmm. um you know we're channels of that energy that re- like recycles through and we're connected to one another right so in feeling you i am also feeling my own story and then i feel mm-hmm. your story so it's this play on energy and infinity of how connected we all are and how connected each body part is to us yeah that's like the big lesson here, right? Like connection is connection is connection. It's like our, our bodies are mirrors of our external reality, which is mirrors of each other's external realities. Um, yeah, that, that beautiful connection and that artful delayering process going through healing, knowing that you can work with, you know, just, I think we're so used to working with a conscious mind. And now I, I really do feel like our society is being made aware of how, truly the body, the energetic body, the many different layers of our quote unquote body keeps score, but also how we can work with that in a really beautiful way. Have you read that book? The body keeps the score. Yeah. (laughs) Highly recommended (laughs) for anybody that wants to learn about how the body keeps the score. Beautiful book. And, uh, in your grandmother's hands or in your mother's hands, I always, yeah, that it's Mm. another beautiful book on somatic, um, yeah. Body oriented. Yeah. Uh, basically the body keeps everything. The so yeah. mm-hmm. So interesting. Like uh, I know with my own experience it, it, and I would be curious to hear what your take is on this. And it kind of sounds like this was something that you had an understanding of, but 
the, the reason why I got into this work in the first place is because of vulnerability in my physical body, right? I had digestive issues and I was working with trying to fix those digestive issues from a physical place. And I was, you know, seeing all these gastros, like trying to fix my diet and doing all the physical things. And I'm like, what the fuck is this working? And realizing and coming to the understanding really in like a yoga class, opening up my hips, crying, understanding that, okay, if I do something within my physical body, that's creating emotional reaction, what does that mean? And I started to pull on all these different threads and it ultimately led to me feeling that and understanding that that digestive issue was me not digesting my trauma, the sexual trauma I had when I was a child and the sexual trauma that I had as an adult and the control, the lack of control that I felt in my life manifesting in the solar plexus. And it was like pulling up on that, that I realized that connection that it really sedimented into my reality. Yeah. And way to bring in sexual trauma, because my experience of of that is huge and it's um, still in this day a bit of taboo in our culture and I work a lot in my own story as well I have just actually found out that I've gone through it mm, um, wow. and so I feel like we are uprooting the story of sexual trauma and as children we are like you know defense like we have no defense mechanisms right so that sticks to our body in a way where we don't even understand how it's affecting everything around us, right? Totally. So just to really become aware of that. And I think that a lot of people, either they walk with this idea that it hasn't happened to them or they find out later in time, which is something that has happened to me. And of course you talk about digestive, right? So digestive, mm-hmm. it's the second body of the brain and everything happens there. So it's, you're processing those emotions. You're processing everything that's happening to you at a level where if you're not processing, it just gets stuck. Right. And that's, I, I recommend a lot of like lymphatic massage colonics for people that, you know, I, it's in, it was in my family. My grandmother died of colon cancer and I didn't find this out until I actually started colon therapy. And mm-hmm. I actually started realizing that I was holding on to the grief and trauma from her generation. And it was being it was pent up in my stomach. And here I was a little baby, couldn't go to the bathroom. And I didn't realize that like, wow, this is stuff that we process for like generations. And we're not told this, this is not something that we are told at all, right? And again, that sexual trauma and that sexual trauma is a cyclical ancestral Mm. like cycle that if we don't break and if we don't focus on and if we don't heal, that keeps going up until who knows when. So, yeah. Can we talk about that? Of course. I mean, of course yes. it is. It's so funny because we come on here and we have like, we're like, okay, this is the direction that we're going to go. And I'm like, we're not going that direction right now. No, we'll not. hit that direction when it's time. So. Beautiful. That's the flow of life. Yeah. yeah let's flow. roll with it. Amazing. So, okay. Can you yeah. talk to me more about like, if, if it's within your comfort zone, like the of experience. Course. And, and I think it's really important to talk about lineage. I know that I, I also have experience when it comes to this as well. So can you talk to me more about what that's looked like for you and what you've discovered along the way? Yeah. And, and this is very new for me actually, mm. up, like just this last year. So it's interesting. A lot of people were coming to me in my work with this story. And I was like, this is interesting. Why is this keep coming up for me? Like, I haven't been through it. I don't know anything about it. Mm. And it was repressed to the level that I had no idea that it was part of my story up until um, I did this therapy with, you know, kind of a regressive therapy that took me back into, I've been, I've done like, um, you know, 
regressions back to my mom's womb where I was in my mom's belly and I realized like how much I was really holding from her stress she was a ballerina you know and she was Uh yeah she she would dance I actually have a video of me uh, when I was three years old dancing what she was choreographing when she was pregnant with me so just to, to explain the level of like intricate connection that we have to one another especially in womb especially to our moms especially to her lineage and my father's lineage mm. and so I've done a lot of regression to my my birth but I hadn't done regression to eight like conception like what conception to birth I had and then when I was born I hadn't regressed from when I was born up until like one and something happened to me at that time but of course we don't have any memory of it. Right. So yeah. here I am thinking like, like I'm going along in my life, everything's well and everything's fine. And then in my work, all these people are coming up to me with, with sexual trauma. And as I'm like supporting that, I'm realizing like, this is part of my story too. And this wow. is part of a lot of our stories. This is part of a lot of our stories, whether we know it or not, a lot of us have this story and um, we might just you know, it's trauma, right? So what does the brain do? Shuts off, shuts down, like black, nothing you don't remember. And here you're going, you know, your parasympathetic system is going, 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 going from a state of survival. You're like, you're in survival mode. And then when you realize you like stop and look back and it's actually part of your story too. So, yeah. And then, and then realizing that that story is part of my grandmother's great grandmothers and it goes probably seven generations back and what I feel I don't know if this is necessarily right for everybody but what I feel in my own story is that it's presented to me in order to heal it witness it acknowledge it heal it stop right there this doesn't go a generation further like Mm -hmm. this does not go a generation further and if it does I mean I might have not broken the pattern but what I do is go into the pattern and and stop it right there so that my kids don't have to go through it. And hopefully my siblings' kids don't have to go through it as well. So, yeah. So, so many things with that. So interesting that first that you were attracting, right. Clients, because you're only, I, I really believe that you're expanded to, and you can hold space for the, the initiations that you've been through in your own life. So like you attract, you know, energetically, we are feeling into what others have experienced as well, what others have the capacity to hold space for, even if, you know, and then it unconsciously gave you or consciously now the mirror to open up, to understand that this, you know, the opportunity to regress and understand that story for you to heal it. Um, and the lineage piece is huge. So first I think, um, like, what does the healing process look like for you as far as, you know, once you've witnessed this? And it's also really interesting because I've, I've had people, I've had two people that I've worked with now who, where it was kind of like a flip-flop where one was in my code group and the other one was one-on-one where it was this, once they felt this safety and also like, I think hearing other people's working and digesting through their own trauma, their own sexual traumas, it like, and their adult life gave them the opportunity to unveil what their nervous system had not allowed to be unveiled all along. And then they had this moment where I remember one of my, the girls in, um, or the women, that's why I say girls very endearingly, um, the women in my signature group program, the code, I remember she like after one of our sessions had this huge download, remembering how one of her family members, you know, participated with her. And it was, 
you know, I was like, wow, this is, that was the first time that it was ever, I, I ever saw that activation of when you're in a space where you feel safe enough to, to process and then being present to other, you know, the mirrors that be to really activate the opening of a packet of trauma for you to witness so that you can be initiated into a deeper healing and knowing of yourself was presented to me. So what has that healing looked like for you? And, and how did you know that this was ancestral? I mean, you, you've just said it, that that safe space is everything. And um, my entire life, I've been running away from that safe space because that safe space was taken from me very early on when both my parents passed. Um, and so I was running because I didn't trust anyone. And when that moment was given to me of trust and like, you're safe, you are safe. I mean, I get, I get chills even just saying it because whoever's listening, like you are safe, right? It's, yeah. it's what, an affirmation that I keep working with because I constantly feel unsafe and I constantly not trust, right? So I am safe. I am, you know, I am light. I am love. I'm safe. Um, and when you're given that space, you know, I think a big emotion, a big connect, like emotional connection to that story is shame, mm -hmm. right? And the more we understand that the more of us have gone through it and we can support each other and holding each other in that healing, the more we can let go of the shame and actually hold each other so profoundly in just allowing that shame, that anger, that like repressed trigger trauma to just like what I, what I feel and what I see is like my hand just holding your back, like two mm -hmm. of my hands holding your, your back. Like I'm, I'm like right now actually even doing it. Right. So I'm putting my hands into your back and just allowing you to just breathe and just like, like surrender into the full safety that I have your back in opening and just really feeling that connection and that your story is my story too. And that we get to heal and work with this together. And that is really in part that cross-cultural connection that that knowing that again your story is my story too yeah. and i love that you create safe spaces for people because that is everything right that that deep listening to one another i was just having this conversation this morning like it takes deep listening and it takes us to create that safe space for people to share and then that sharing there's that remembrance and in that remembrance there's connection and that connection there's healing mm -hmm. that's yeah. why it's so important to like to allow yourself to connect to other people to be in containers with other people to constantly be sharing your stories and you know shame can't be can't survive being spoken so being able to being able to bring any of those contractions, any of those sticky pieces that you feel like are isolating you or that you've, you, you somehow are the only person in the world who's ever endured this before, bringing that to light, knowing that it doesn't make you weak. It doesn't make you necessarily even vulnerable. Instead, it, it creates strength. It creates connection. It creates an opportunity for you to, to heal deeper. And it starts, what comes to me is it starts with our parents. It starts with yeah. us being parents. I am not a parent yet, but you know, it starts with our parents. If that safe space can be created in the family and the nucleus, and then, you know, it's our first connection to the outside world, right? So if our yeah. parents can create that safe space of just being without shame, you know, 
what does that create for the kid? Okay, the, the child goes into school and then that's a little bit tricky to navigate, but then the safe space is created at school as well for the, for the child to feel mm-hmm. like there's no shame around it. You know, often we just grow up and like, this is my story, but nobody else's story. Therefore mm-hmm. I have to shut down and nobody can see me. So there's no intimacy at a young age yeah. because, because it's wrong, right? Totally. So, yeah, if we create those conversations of, yeah, a space is to heal from a very early age. I think we'd be in a different place, you know? And I, yeah, it's part of the work. <laughs> yeah, couldn't agree more. I mean, that's what I really hope for. It's really interesting. Like, I think I'm so happy for what I've been through and I've, I, I had great parents, but I did, yeah, because of that safety felt, you know, body sovereignty was a touchy subject for me from, the first moment I black into consciousness. Um, so to be able to, to reclaim that in these safe spaces has been everything and lineage. It's so wild that we're talking about, of course, it's not wild. It's like exactly (laughs) the way that it's supposed to be, but it's so interesting because have you studied family constellations? Big time. It's one of my favorite. I, I, every podcast, I have the opportunity to just like plug it. If you haven't done a family constellation, now is your sign to do so. <laughs> so it, wild. Yeah. I mean, family constant, bless you. <laughs> that's that's spirit being like, yes. <laughs> Confirmed. <laughs> Confirmed. Yeah. yeah. Um, family constellations and understanding. I mean, lineage work was first presented to me by my mother. My mother, she is big, what a powerful woman. Very let's, powerful. Let's her so some love. I can feel her strong. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very wow. Powerful. Very wow. <laughs> it's really interesting because I'm a mirror of her, but I we view our our we do the same work, but we view it from two different lenses. So she presented to me that she had worked on a curse in her lineage around partnership and around the fear of being abandoned. And it was really interesting because my grandmother had been abandoned, had been walked out on her, her mother had been walked out on. It was like something that was, and my mother, when it dropped down to her, she was like, I'm going to break this curse. This is something that I'm going to clear for my lineage. So that, that, that fear of abandonment um, wouldn't be held on to any longer. Um, so I, I, th- I find it so interesting how, you know, as, as you know, with family constellations, right. When your grandmother is pregnant, she is pregnant with your mother who has eggs that will become you. Right. So like you are holding on to genetic material and you are holding on to energy that is beyond just the here and now. So being able to, I think, open ourselves up more to the understanding that again, like I know we keep drilling this, but I think it's so important that what we have and what we're holding on to and working with isn't always just, or not even isn't always, it's never just ours. It's always something, you know, collective or, or within our lineage or something for us to, to dive into a deeper knowing so that our, I I really think like our greatest contractions are our greatest medicine. And then add past lives to that. 
Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> and then add, it's layers and layers. So, yeah. Layers you're really into that too. So tell oh, me. Oh, I like, love that's like my, that's, that's like my, it's so funny. Chills and past lives. is like what people know me for is I can, I can just sense, like I can look at somebody and just like, suddenly I just get movie, 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 movie. It's like, wow, strong. Yeah. My, my past lives for me. Um, yeah, because it's all connected to lineage as well. You know, one, one beautiful that you brought up abandonment as well. Mm -hmm. That's another one, a big one that I, I work with personally for myself. And, um, even just now, right now, like I had a past life that I just recently saw of myself where I hung myself mm. because I was a bit, you know, it's like, and so that past life that I hung myself has actually, I feel has been played out in my lineage as well. Right. So it's like, you heal it for your soul. So there's soul ancestral, you know, your life now, your life, what will be, you know, you have layers of this work. And what I'm noticing now more than ever is that I thought I was done with my healing. Funny enough, when I was like 20, I'm like, okay, I'm done. Yes. Okay. Now I get to help everybody else. Yeah. Right. <laughs> at 21, you know, the layer just got deeper. And then at like 25, deeper and deeper, you just go deeper and deeper into the same soul wound, the same ancestral wound, the same, it just goes deeper and deeper and deeper. And, and what you start noticing is that the deeper you go, the more collective it gets. So it's like you, you work at it at a surface level and then suddenly it's like, okay, you're done. So it's just even like in February, I worked with my parents again, because I thought I was done. And I was like, okay, I've healed my parents. But what I realized is that my parents, what I was moving from was this feeling that my parents had abandoned me versus this fear, fear that my parents had died. And when I touched that, I like could not stop crying for four months, right? Now I realized that that story is going to come up again, probably in a couple of years. And it's going to be just a layer deeper. What I realized is that by me saying yes to healing that mm -hmm. and going deeper into that, I can access a, like deeper layers of the healing for other people as well, collectively. Right. So yeah. often we, often we are like me where we're like, okay, we're done healing. Yes, we're done. And then we get to like play and be joyful and, and know. And, and what I realize is that the work keeps going and going and going and just never over. It's, you know, often people come to me and it's like, okay, when are we done? And it's like, whenever you want to be done because it's never it's never over <laughs> you know it's however however far you want to take it and you yeah. get to integrate it the real the real work is to integrate that healing yeah totally uh yeah I think that was a, a big shock to me I know I, I was like oh being a healer means you get to like have it all together and I realized that it actually just means that you get to crack all the time. It's like crack, more light, crack, more light, crack, more light. I'm like, wait, whoa, whoa. You're telling me that not only do I have to like, it's, it's not that I get to like a, approach a plateau where I'm like, everything's groovy. It's actually that <laughs> I have to go through more initiate, like more contractions than maybe I normally would if I was, if I wasn't doing this work. Right. So it's like, you think that you are encountering this and I mean, of course, each time you enter into a contraction, when I say contraction, I mean like a pain point, something that needs to be healed or witnessed or integrated, you know, unclaimed parts of the light that are in the shadow, right? Each time you have to look at something new that you maybe don't really like, or that's sticky or that's uncomfortable. Um, I thought that this work was going to be me skid skating through and, you know, exactly 
I healed myself, <laughs> right? You have like the one big healing and you're like, I did it. And, and no, it's, it's the opportunity and the great opportunity to get cracked so many times so that our container can be expanded more and more oh, and more beautiful. to hold more and more and more. So like, I, I want to hear more about, so your both of your parents have passed on. Yes. So but I just want to, I want to go back there for a second and I'll tell yeah. you about my parents, but I think it's so, I mean, I, we're bringing up all of my favorite subjects. Uh, like th- this is like my newspaper right now. This is all I'm working with, which is beautiful. And I think that we got to talk about that idea that healers are perfect. Like we got to break that. Like so suddenly some, some people, you know, I've had conversations recently where like, wait, but I thought you had it all together. And I thought I had it all together. And then- <laughs> It's like, oh no, I probably have it the least together out of all people because, because not only am I holding my story, but I'm holding so many other people's stories. And that is like, I, I'm constantly processing. So I love that you brought this up because if anything, healing facilitators probably are navigating more than anybody because we're constantly processing and moving through things. And, you know, it's, it's a never ending, never ending story for us. And, and we're, all, I mean, even yesterday, I'm going to even talk about like last night, I had such a heavy night. I was like, whoa, I'm feeling my feelings because I'm constantly feeling for other people. Yeah. That when I actually feel my own feelings, I'm like, this is intense, right? So I'm working from a place of like feeling other people and helping other people. But then when it comes to me, it's like navigating and accessing that. So just love that you brought that up because I think we really get to like deconstruct this idea that the facilitator and the healing and the healer and the shaman and all of these people are perfect. Yeah, We're human too. We're all human totally. and we're all in this human experience and what we're choosing to do is to facilitate other people's healing because we've been through it, right? Because we continue to go through it and because we're saying yes to the challenges and to the darkness and to the light and to all the moments and all the human experience. Anyway, love that. Yeah. Just, just want to say yes to that. And, um, and yes to my parents, I, they pass on very early and I, and I, um, I consider that an initiation for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I, I used to see spirits when I was little okay. and that got closed to very early because my parents were very scared of spirits and they were very, both of them were incredibly gifted as well. And mm-hmm. they were very afraid of their gifts. And when they died, it was like, they were talking to me. I was like, see, told you. <laughs> Don't you want me to have <laughs> this on you. now? Yeah. <laughs> I can see you. <laughs> wow. What was that, that like? Time. Well, it's what, which one, which so, one? So your gifts, like your ability to see beyond turned on very early and you were aware of it very early. So talk to me about that. Like how was navigating that? How is like digesting your, your parents' death and like being able to, to, to work with them? Did you, did it just kind of like feel inherently natural when, when they showed up in your in your awareness and you're like, okay, yeah, here you guys are. Like, I knew you never left. Or was there like a, did you go through this process where you had this, that feeling of abandonment? I mean, I guess it sounds like you worked with that in some extent. I'm still working with that. Yeah. <laughs> over, over. It's, yeah. My soul wound. it's my soul wound. I'm trying, I'm trying to get it to be over, but it's just not working. <laughs> no I'm kidding. Um, yeah, I, um, that's a yeah to my big another big philosophy of mine is that we're all incredibly gifted we all have that capacity and children actually all of us you know why can't a child sleep throughout through the night is 
because it has that crown open so strongly that it can feel everything. And of course, all of us are different. So certain gifts are more heightened than others. Mm -hmm. So what you can feel, I can see what I can see, somebody can hear what somebody can hear, somebody can, you know, all of the clairvoyance, clairsentient, all of those are really open as children, because we are just coming in. Um, And what happened to me is that I don't know where we were living in the house where it was like, I think there was a portal or something because it mm-hmm. could, I could just see so much spirit. Like it was, I could not sleep through the night without my dad coming in and like being with me. I was like constantly aware at like two to six, just aware that this house was just full of spirits. And it was scary for me because we didn't have the language. Nobody was speaking to me about it. Nobody can understand. You know, I, I always tell the story of my grandparents, like tea table, I would have these tea parties with my grandparents and they would talk to me they were all dead at the time but I was like you know they were alive to me mm-hmm. and so the thing is we don't have that language and we yeah. we don't talk about it if nowadays when I see a child and, and their eyes are so open that they're like you know they're seeing dragons and fairies and all of these different things I talk to them about it and it's like these these children that are coming in right now are so incredibly connected to something much bigger than us. And like, I don't even know where they're coming from there. It's incredible to me where they're coming from. Um, and they have so many codes and so much language around what can be done. And so in that, you know, I wasn't ever told and that gift started like closing, closing, closing. And then when I went, went to school, I really felt different than everybody. And I feel like I could feel my friends' feelings and I could like hear their thoughts and I could see what they were going through. And so often when I would come up to them, they would get scared, right? So that's where oh. my bullying story and like I was so different than everybody. Yet I knew that everybody was the same, but they were conditioned to think otherwise. Mm-hmm. So that difference came up. And then when my parents passed, um, I had already started my healing work, but when, especially when my mom died, I actually started realizing that the veil is so thin mm-hmm. and that we are so afraid to see that because we're told that that's bad or that they're going to attack us or that this, yeah. you know, so we close. And I mean, religion has played such a big part in this religion, religion, politics, the state, we are incredibly gifted, like our species is incredibly gifted and if we were walking in that gift all of us you know it would be we would be understood we would belong we would love we would be connected we would have purpose you know i just recently watched a documentary that i really would recommend which is um the white man's burden and it's all about how school and education has kind of taken people away from their connection to land earth their gift their like all of that right so it's wow. it's been a cycle of taking us away from what we know and what we know to be our innate birthright mm-hmm. and conditioned to think that we're a machine and we're only going more and more into this you know and i i want to say that i'm so grateful that people are awakening and wanting to step into the mm-hmm. healing realm like i think that that's just where we get to be and we get to support each other in that long rant but i don't even know where i was going but oh it's perfect all to say that like the more connected we can be to earth, the more we'll actually understand our gift and we all can see spirits. It's just mm-hmm. that I, because of my parents, I think my parents were a big part of why I was afraid of it. And when they died and actually became a mirror of what I felt, 
I actually started opening and wanting to learn more about how the world actually works. Yeah. Which is energy. Exactly. <laughs> which is energy. Um, for all of you guys out there, you all have intuitive gifts. We all have access to an intuitive gifts. It doesn't matter if your awareness of it comes on tomorrow or came on as your child. It is all the same of equal strength of equal brilliance. It's like playing tennis, right? Some of us may naturally be good at playing tennis. You pick up a racket and you're like, wow, Manuela has an amazing serve. And then some of us need to practice a little bit more. I think that's really the way it works with intuitive gifts, you know, like just because someone might just have a natural finesse at the beginning, you know, of their life for tennis doesn't mean that you can't become an amazing tennis player right now. And I think like, yeah, like what you said about children, right? Like children, it's like the ultimate aim to come back to that curiosity, that freedom, that surrender, that now moment that you get to experience as a child. And I think too, like the more work that we do with connecting to the earth, connecting to ourselves, connecting with one another, activating each other, the more and more that we start to remember, right? We remember all that we are. We remember, I mean, I remember I had a moment where I was like, oh my God, I used to astral project as a child. I like, cause I swore to God, I knew I was like, I can fly. I know I have memories where I was flying in my bedroom. And then I realized one day I was like, oh my God, it's not that I could, I was astral projecting. It wasn't that I was flying. It was like, I was astral projecting. The, so the secret here is that you still can fly and you can still astral project. You're probably still doing it in your dreams. Well, yeah, now I have like an, an understand now I like can work with it. Right. But before I just remember being like, but I just have such distinct memories. Right. But it's of course, like the program, the programming, like you were saying before is for us to become a cog in the wheel, why it's efficient. Right. It allows, I'm not going to get into like the grand overview. Cause there's so many different ins and outs of this conversation that we could apply to this right now, but the more that we can bring awareness to the infinite well of wisdom of, of the capacity for us to heal ourselves to just simply by holding space for ourselves to plug ourselves in to what, just by creating space and time in this moment, what will show up for me, right? We don't do that. We, a lot of us, because we have so much that needs to be, that's held in the lower chakras, right? Like trauma density, like all these different pieces that we need to work with. I know at least this was my experience. I was like, yeah, I could feel it coming up. I could feel it coming up. And I'm like, I don't want to deal with that. So, you know, uh, buffering, buffering in, in any way possible. So that I didn't have to feel those things. The more that we can continuously come back to those lower chakras, empty out that container, right? Like each layer that wants to be visited, we visit each, each shame piece or contraction or aspect of us. And the more and more that we do that, the more and more we can access the connection that also allows us to open up more into our gifts and develop our gifts more and to be, to be able to use our gifts to heal each other and to raise the collective consciousness and actually to like really see each other, like to listen and hear each other because everyone is starved to be listened to and starved to be seen. We're like in this paradox of being like, see me, but don't see me, but see me. Right. It's like, it's so it's being a human is like such an interesting experience 
because we're experiencing an emotional depth that is endless. And it almost like, I almost feel like it's like you approach that edge where you think is your edge and you're like, Oh my God, I don't know if I can go to the next one. There's yeah. more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you've, you've named it. You've named it. This, the key here is listening, mm-hmm. you know, and to not never say no. Well, I mean, you, you got to have boundaries, which is also what I'm working with. You got to have boundaries, but never say, never say no to, to a possibility and opportunity to learn from someone else. You know, people ask me, how did you get to where you're at now? And I continue, like, first of all, there's no, as we've named before, there's no end point. So I keep going, but how I've gotten to where I am now is by always like just being open Mm -hmm. that like your story, regardless if I trust or believe it, or like if I, you know, if I even just talking about religion, I always talk about religion. People ask me, are you religious? No, I'm spiritual, but I do, I am open to what each religion has for us in a way where it's like, I don't say, no, that doesn't work for me. It's like, oh, I can be, you know, I can be open to what it actually is here to teach me regardless, you know, Sufi, we can get so much from Sufism, you know, it's Rumi, it's the heart, it's love. It's the, the core essence of it. The, the dogma is something else. The core essence of it is love, which is everything. I mean, love is it's the strongest everything, you know, the core of everything is love and man has created story and that story has created separation. Mm -hmm. So if you take away the separation and you hear about the story of love in each religion or each person or each experience from each person, you know, you let go of this idea of separation and you realize ultimately all we are is love and connection. Yeah. Amen. So what were what were like some of the catalytic moments of your life that led you to being the expression of yourself that you're occupying right now? And blooming into it each day more and more and more. I love that that you talk about this this idea of the edge. I love that because I'm constantly where I see myself is constantly at the edge and I'm walking even further. And so it's like the, the moment that I'm about to step into the edge, there's more, more ground and I just never know where I'm going. And I'm okay with that, even though there needs to be a lot of patience, which sometimes can be difficult. I, I get it. Yes. And I never know where I'm going and I always want to know where I'm going, but it's this idea that I'm at the edge of the universe and the, the, the edge keeps expanding and expanding and expanding. Um, key moments. Oof. <laughs> oh, that's a hard one. I, you know, I, I've been starting to tell my story more and more and I realized, my God, there's been a lot of moments that have shaped who I am. Um, I was born in Colombia and coming to the States at a very young age, not really fully learning the language or knowing the language and a culture that was so different than mine. Um, traveling before that to other countries, adaptability, seeing that like, though we have different cultures and languages, the adaptability is very similar. So, so our experience as humans, you know, we can be very different. Of course, we, but we were just talking about it right before this, which is social justice and, and you know, we, we come from a very different background, all of us and at the same time in the separation. Um, where was I going with this? I, I'm losing my my thing, but basically coming at it to a place that's so different than mine, and, and just noticing that that everything is in the power of observation, right? Mm. So observing to a level where I'm listening with my eyes, and I can listen with my fingertips, mm. you know, 
that is key. And travel has done that for me, just going to different cultures and seeing how each culture can actually listen with their fingertips and with their eyes, not with their ears, creates this level of empathy that we all have, realizing again, that your story, your struggle, your pain is my pain. And then going through it in a way where it becomes me, processes through me, and then I understand you at a different level. So travel has been a big part of it. Um, I, yeah, there's so many moments I could say that are, are a big part of it. And, um, and at the same time, all of them together, you know, yeah. um, my dad and my mom were huge examples for me. They were freedom fighters in Colombia. My dad was a journalist, uh, spoke about the government back in 2000 of corruption. And our family had to flee as refugees, um, you know, we were all under a death threat. That experience taught me that it takes courage to speak truth. And often we are so afraid to, to not belong or to, or to speak our truth or to feel our truth. Um, and as I said, like obviously our family had to flee very suddenly. And my mom was a ballerina and would give the opportunity for kids to dance that were on the streets and with like gangs. So she would bring in kids on the streets to the ballet school, give them the opportunity to dance with like really high class, middle class kids. So she would bridge cultures, right? So these are all experiences that have taught me that their struggle and, and our healing and our psychology and our liberation are all part of it. You know, we, we get to help and support each other. And the last one I'll say is that mentorship mentors all over the world. If you can be open to mentorship, it is everything. Um, a few ones like I, uh, first peoples of the lands, indigenous peoples that I've learned with that have been so graciously welcoming to their culture and to, to their knowing and to their understanding and connection to earth, respect for the elders, respect for my mentors, respect for cultures and communities that have had land taken away from them, that have had their culture taken away from them, stripped away from them, um, mentorship. I will name my dear mentor, Melissa Michaels, who brings dance and cross-cultural communication and brings movement and somatics, um, you know, so all these different pieces that just create the human experience. And, and the biggest thing that I would say, I'm going back to like, just being open to how, how your life is unfolding. Mm -hmm. Often I get the question of like, the, and what do I do now? Or how, how do I do it? Drop the how, drop it. Because the universe will give you the how if you're open to the what, right? So if you're open to what is, the how will drop and you can just like embrace. And the image that comes to me now is like open your arms wide open and say yes to the experience that you're going through this moment and surrender to what it looks like. And it could be painful. Like me, don't be afraid to feel. I mean, unlike me, because I was afraid to feel last night. <laughs> Step into your grief and feel and cry and scream and shout and feel your anger and feel all your emotions and just drop to the, the experience of this life and don't rush. Don't rush. I, I'm noticing how I constantly rush to get to the end point. And I know that when I get to the end point, I'm going to be like, well, but I didn't experience it or enjoy it. Or what, what was I doing? Because I was so focused on that end point that I forgot to enjoy the rest of it. So, <sighs> Yeah. Wow. To so, be young again. Right? No, it's, 
couldn't agree more so much. There's so much medicine in what you were speaking to. Like, I mean, just, I'm sure your parents shaping, it sounds like your father shaped a lot of like your throat chakra and your, your mother, you know, showing you an example of, of what it looks like to be a grand connector, right. To like, Mm -hmm. to be an equalizer, to, to see, to show the truth of what really is right. That we're all on the same playing field. Um, yeah. So like embracing emotions and meeting our edges and it is such a interesting, amazing. It's like, we have amnesia. Like there are moments where I'm like, oh yeah, I'm okay. I'm yes. I have figured it out. I, I have figured this aspect out. And then I'm like, wait, no here. I I mean, there was like two weeks ago where I just birthed a new program. And each time I create something new, I'm like, I kind of hesitate because when I create something new, I know something part of me is going to die in a big way to create space, to hold space for that. And I like two weeks ago brought in this new, you know, launched this new program. And I went through, I was like, on, you know, being held space for with my, my mentor bawling, crying. And like, there was a moment where I was like, I'm acting like a child, not because of my expression, because crying's great. Crying opens up the heart, but like the little girl that was holding on so hard to some identity piece that was needing to be released that I was like, no, I don't, this feels uncomfortable. Um, so it's so cool to hear like the different influences that you have on your own cracking into being who you are, the mentorship. I I couldn't agree more. The more that you can get in front of activating people and containers with other people who can really see you, hear you and allow you the space to, to like wander around the room and and try things on the, you know, the more that you're going to be able to occupy all that you are. And I think a lot of us, I'm with you on the impatience right? I think especially a lot of us have done something similar in past lives. So we're like, oh, I know, or, or also we've, you know, we've read into the Akasha and we know what's possible for us, or we subconsciously know what's possible for us and what's, you know, what great expansion lies ahead. And we're like, I'm like always trying to skip steps or I'm like frustrated. I'm like, why am I not there? And then I take a step back into witness consciousness and I'm like, you're fine. You can't handle that level yet. Like you got to crack more, you know, like it's okay. We want to rush because we, yeah, we have all these ideas of what it means to, to breach the, the end goal, but there like really is no end goal. It's just like this consistent, like, oh, I just have to surrender into the fact that the only thing that is certain is uncertainty. Right. So that. that's right. <laughs> so good. And it's okay. So, so wild because, and, and now I'm just hoping to transition into it's <laughs> the, the original spark of joy of why I was so excited to, I mean, which it has opened up into so much more that I'm so happy that we've just allowed this to flow the way that it has. Um, but how I saw Manuel out and what Manuel has been able to help me create. So I, a couple weeks ago was in a space or actually I was feeling, I was feeling this like a couple months ago where 
my, my third eye and the way that I'm able to see myself and the way that I'm able to see others was starting to get cloudy. And I was noticing that I was not acting myself. Like I was edgy. I was, I, my tolerance for certain things had gone down. I just wasn't feeling myself. And no matter what I was doing, I couldn't, I, it was almost like I had this cloud over my third eye and I, and I was, I could see with my third eye, but not really well. And I was like, there's something up. So I was starting to do, and I, and I had this, I had this like intuitive pull that it was something that wasn't mine. At the same time, my biggest fear up until this experience <laughs> was being quote unquote possessed. Okay. Was having an entity attachment. I come from a Catholic family. My mom she does, you know, she's a spiritual worker, but like she highly identifies as a Catholic. And I grew up in Catholicism and I would say I am, you know, I am all of it. Like we've talked about before when we attach more so to the love story of religion than like, yes, all of it's in resonance for me, but the shame pieces and the fear that I absorbed from that, I guess like channel really scared me. Like I used to sleep with a blanket over my head with like a breathing hole because I was so afraid of this idea of an attachment of entities. Um, my mother was friends with like the head exorcist in, um, in the papacy. Like, don't ask me how, I don't know why. And I, she would, I remember one time we went to dinner with him and he was talking about it and it triggered me so much. I had to leave the dinner. Like really it's put the, the fear, the fear of God in me. Um, and it was always, you know, like that was like the ultimate edge. It was like, for me, the only, I wasn't afraid of gore. I wasn't afraid of like, but even really dying really, but the idea of something sovereignty, something taking, attaching itself to me so like was the ultimate fear. So I realized that when I was seeking out, I, I, like, when I started to think like, oh my God, like, do I have something in my field, which is like a natural hazard when you're working in energy, you know, I would, I would go above and beyond on the protection. I would, um, I would, when I worked with plant medicines, right. Like the, probably like what, if I was having trouble surrendering into like an ultimate release, it was because I was so afraid, even though I would only be in containers where I really trust the facilitators and I really trust the space, I would be so afraid of letting go because I'd be afraid that something would attach into my energy if I like really released. So anyways, long story short, I start to understand that there's some sort of something in my field that isn't mine. Podcasts start landing in my lap. One was like with Paul Chuck, where he's talking all about all these different entities. And that kind of really eased me because it gave me more language to understand that there's, there isn't like, it's not like Hollywood, right? Not every entity that we come about, come across. And like the way that I see entities has really changed actually over the course of the past two years, where I'm no longer thinking of them as like all demons, right? I'm like, there are ones that are serving of others and they're you know, there are spirits that are serving of others and service of others. And there are spirits of service of self. It's not as like dense that we, you know, that we need to think about. So 
as you know, spirit was, was putting in my path, different resources. I came across a podcast that you were on Manuel at the almost 30, which I'm sure you've had a lot of people who've found you through this podcast. And as I was listening to it, I was like, holy shit. you mentioned how you worked with another woman to help extract. And immediately my, my body was like her, you need to, you need to talk to her. You need to find her. So I was like in the middle of the podcast, like trying to find your Instagram, like figuring out how to contact you, like going like all, you know, finally just made an appointment and we connected. But so through this experience, and I just, I know I just diatribed, but through this experience, um, it's been a huge empowering initiation for me. So if we could open this up onto your side, like, like when, what did this process look like for you? Um, when did you start working as, you know, a space holder of the light working with this individual who helps you to work through releasing energies that are not ours? And you've named it. I think that in part that, that word exorcism has been coined by Hollywood to make us think that like the entity, you know, you get a, your eyes roll over and your body just shakes. I mean, sometimes that can happen, especially if you're in person, definitely. But to exercise is to exercise an energy out, out of you that's not yours. So it doesn't need to be the eye rolling. I have had experiences like that, but, but obviously it doesn't have to be that way. Um, I made a promise. My family had a very big family curse and I, I kind of named it in the field that if I was able to get out of it, I was going to help other people get out of it as well, because it's once again, a language and a story that we don't hold or that we don't talk about because religion, because who knows what, and it's more common than we think. A lot of people come to me and it's like, is this new? It's like, no, no, you, you have no idea what I've worked with before. So in that story of mine, where I was able to clear my family curse, which was really, it was a burial, right? So long ago, like three generations ago, somebody buried something of our families onto the earth. And we were like literally sinking as a family. So we, I, we cleared that and we opened that and I met this woman who helped me do it. And when she cleared it, I was like, okay, I, you know, I am going to support this work because this is old stuff. This is like the old magic kind of stuff yeah. that still happens to this day. I mean, there's cultures like Indonesia, Cuba, like they're even Colombia, like you're still seeing people harming energetically other people, which to me is like un unbelievable, really. Like yeah. you would go that far to like want death for someone or for a family member for family, just because you just want to, that's crazy to me. Mm -hmm. So I told myself I would never learn because in order to cut it and to know it, you have to learn it. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to learn it. That's not my path, but I will hold the light for somebody who has learned it, who's who I work with, to go in and clear it and remove it. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that to me is really it. It's, it's not a big thing. It takes three sessions, four sessions, depending on how old it is. And there is a ritual that comes along with it. You do do a ritual and you clear it. It's, it's like asking for your ancestry, asking for the light, asking for those beings that are around you to help support, you know, clearing this energy that can make you feel stuck. It can make you feel like nothing makes sense. Everything's cloudy. Your life has no purpose. You feel in your body. It feels blocked. Relationships aren't going the way you want it. Things like that. Money doesn't flow. 
So it can look like very different. And as I said, it's a language that we don't hold and that we're afraid of, right? In Mm -hmm. black magic, whatever, regardless of what it is. So the process is easy and it doesn't take long. And I mean, you experienced it. You Mm -hmm. can't really even barely feel it, but but your energy starts flowing. Money starts coming in. Things start flowing in a different way because it's believed that the entities hold on when your frequency is lowest, right? So Mm -hmm. even if you're going through a low time, this energy can come in and like grab on and start living through you and you don't even realize it. A lot of it can be represented in upper back. So if you're having like upper back pain, especially right shoulder, left shoulder pain, you those are points energetically in Chinese and Eastern medicine that where spirit flows in. So that's where like entity can grab on and just feed off of your energy. Um, that's usually when I sense something, I sense like that, that shoulder pain. Um, that's what I had. Yeah. And how is it now? It's gone. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. That's what I had. I had the right shoulder right. pain. And I remember our first session, um, you were feeling into my energy and I was, I could feel you working. I was like, I can feel you working around my head and around my shoulders. Um, and like, I was like, you're working a lot around my head and you're like, yeah, you have a hitchhiker, you know, that was, a that was attached to that space. And I remember being like, it was so interesting because when you said, you know, basically, hello, you have an entity. I was like, okay. Which surprised the hell out of me that I was like, it's going to be okay. This is going to be fine. Yeah. And as an energy worker yourself, right. You're opening your field to work on other people. I mean, myself, I have to get cleared three times a week because I'm working so often and energy comes through me all the time. I, I can even just like somebody, something, because I can sense when my, I, I'm that kind of empath where I will lower my energy to meet someone rather than like heightening. So people always ask me, how do I protect myself? You protect yourself by just like keeping your energy at the highest point possible because I constantly lower my energy to meet someone where they're at. And that's where like something attaches onto me. It's like, Oh, hi, fun. Hello. Let's, let's play. And it's like, no, (laughs) no, (laughs) get out of here. You're not, I didn't know anything, you know, and I always constantly, another reason, another way people ask me, how do I protect myself or how do I clear myself is always returning that to the fountain, the source, right? So just returning that to the source, but sometimes they can just latch on and it's hard. And so it does take somebody else. I often go to somebody else who's like, you know, who I work with to get cleared because sometimes it's just difficult. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's like the biggest lesson here is like healers need healing too, you know, like to not be afraid. And within that initiation of being like, okay, this is a, I think what's so interesting is that I, I cleared twice entities and, and people that I was working with. And I, I, it scared the shit out of me, to be honest, because I just, again, it was more so a mirror into all of my story around it. Um, but I was able to do it, but I I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't like this part of the healing, right? Like, I just want to, I want to work with like the more, the easier contractions. Right. Um, but I think, and I was also worried that it would, it would, hook on to me, which is, it could be, that could have been the case, but I, I think we discovered that wasn't necessarily the case. And, and for this entity that had attached to me this time. Um, but I think, yeah, like I I'm like you, where I lower myself 
you know, energetically to me, I empathically, I, I help, I digest in my own body and I release and purge in my own body. And that's just what, how I know, intuitively know how to do it. So I just see that that must be the energetically correct way, but that's part of our contract coming in. You know, I, I've, I've tried everything. It doesn't work. <laughs> that might be a story, but I don't think so. I've tried everything. And I even tried thinking like that was a story and a limiting belief. And I like tried reframing it, rewiring it, nothing. It's just how it's supposed to be. Yeah. It's so interesting. So with the entity that Manuel worked with, with me, um, like just kind of, can we talk about like the different things that you've seen, like with mine in particular, we've, you know, it took us a couple of sessions to go in to, to release also these entities, like when they attach, like they're not, they can be fed by by different aspects and different stories of ourselves, right? Can we talk more about that, of what that looks like? Definitely. Yeah, it usually takes opening the body, energetic body, seeing what's actually around you, seeing how your aura can be fragmented at times. You know, what we don't realize is like, for example, living in New York, which you're in, right? Yeah. Right? Which is like entity central. uh, Correct. (laughs) Hello, New York. I love you. And (laughs) protect your energy. Yeah, lots of black tourmaline. I I do love it there. I think it's like for me, I call it the gold mine of work because it's it's so fun. It's it's so fun and can be taxing too. Um, But you walk outside of your apartment and you just feel energy everywhere, right? It's like directed towards you and your energy can be open because you have just meditated or, you know, people don't realize like drinking alcohol is a way for your field to be open, right? So you walk outside, drink a glass of wine, your field opens, boom, something comes in, right? So it's that simple. So to clear it, you just open up the energetic body, see how the aura is fragmented, clear it and like really move the energy around the aura auric field restores you know and then and then you go in and literally just like let the thing like you basically just go in and like detach the thing because it's really like holding on to you and again that's that shoulder point like you know, and it takes certain tries. Sometimes, as I said, it depends how old it is. It can be like, you know, however many sessions because, and then by when you wake it up, because it's a, it's a thing, right? When you wake it up, it creates an energy in your body. That's like, whoa. So a lot of people feel tired or they feel sick or they get colds because this energy has been living there so long that the body doesn't know what to do with it. And so you just actually literally have to purge it regardless if it's you know, throwing up or you get sick. Um, and when you actually take, so a lot of people do end up getting, as, as I said, because that energy itself creates the dis, dis-ease of your body, of your energy, of your yeah. energetic body. So when you take it out and like, like fill it in, you know, and then, and then you start actually stitching your energetic auric field back together so it depends there's counter spells which actually is going into if your family has a spell that can take up to months i mean what i worked with work took two years really wow really because it was an old one and it was done really well it was done really well and my my body i went through tons of stuff and it was it was purging i had to purge for my entire ancestral lineage family it was big and and so when we talk about patience, we tell we have, so, you know, entity work, very simple, very easy spell work, like things like that take time. And it just depends how old it is. 
So interesting. So with, so that what I encountered was entity, what you had encountered was spell was the curse. Okay. So, so interesting because I, we, we discovered with the entity that, that I had, that I was working with, um, that it was something, it was old, right. It was like, it was not necessarily mine, right. That attached to me, or of course it wasn't mine, but it was something that was very old. That's why it it took like a little bit for it to release. And I know for me, like exactly what you're saying, like the flow of what really, what really like said to me, okay, this is something that is outside of myself. Of course, my third eye was cloudy, but all of a sudden it was like, there was disharmony between what I felt like I was creating and what was being received. I was like, I'm so confused because I feel like I'm hitting a wall and I don't know why, because I feel so in integrity with what I'm creating, but like people were not picking up what I was putting down. I wasn't like, I just wasn't feeling seen. I was like, what is, it was like a shell, like something was going on around me. Um, that energetically I felt, yeah, I felt blocked up. And then through the release, I know that you explained to me, you were, you know, you were very clear about the fact, bless you. (laughs) You were very clear about the fact that, um, as we were doing this work together, you know, each week that we would go in. So basically what would happen is each week, Manuel and I would meet energetically She and her comrade (laughs) would work on me. Um, I would meditate and like feel into it, just what, you know, just receive and witness. Um, and then we would have a call and we talked about what would happen, but there each week, you know, you made it very aware that like, I could go through that purging process, right. That it could feel really difficult. And it did. I felt like, you know, there were some, especially the last like three weeks, there were moments that were really high emotion, really like big contractions for me in a way that I hadn't felt in a while. And there was something that dropped in me each time. I was like, it's just, this is a part of it. Like, this is a part of releasing, you know, the last bits of this was like having to digest that and, and just be with it. Like, don't judge it. Don't like be mad that this is happening. Just be with it. Knowing that through this initiation, you'll be able to understand, hold more and also dispel fear. Exactly. And I'm so glad that we're being able like that we can talk about this because, you know, not, not too long ago, Salem or like, you know, people yeah. were talking about this and died. And so yeah. that we can bring back this conversation, I think is really important because I feel like just like brushing your teeth, it's like energetic hygiene and we don't have these conversations and we don't talk about it so much. So many people in the world are working from a place of the brain and trying to understand and like, how it all computes and how the energy all goes together. And in reality, it's something so simple as just energy and feeling. Mm -hmm. And then when we surrender to the clearing and brushing our teeth, brushing our energy, like clearing, Mm -hmm. I mean, this should be like, I often call this work a preventative, right? So people come to me usually by the time that something has to be fixed, but if we can actually start going to acupuncture and we can go to like, you know, energy work and, and if we can, do this as a preventative measure of your energy. You know, like I haven't been sick. I mean, knock on wood, but I haven't been sick in like years. Why? Because yeah. I take preventative measures of no energy clogging so that it creates certain disease again, right? So, so grateful that we're able to have this conversation really because I think that in creating more awareness around it, we can actually have the conversations of like, 
why is this happening to me? It's because this has happened, you know? So just opening that as a, as a possibility, I think is part of our work and part of what we're bridging from old, old world into new world. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I like what you said about preventative, right? Like, I think that we, as soon as it hits the physical, as soon as it creates disease or disharmony in us, in our emotional state, we, we look to more physical things. Whereas if we could work with our energetic body, we all have potential also to energy heal ourselves, you know, like I think in the same way, right? Like, I think that, yeah, you don't want to be healing someone's physical body unless you're a doctor in the same way that you probably want to have some mentorship and and some understanding just so that you can hold space and work with someone's energy and integrity, but you can heal your own body without being a doctor. You can work with your own energy body without being an energy healer, quote unquote, per se, right? You can call in, um, pure white light for the greatest and highest good. You can call in your higher self and you can work just tactilely like saying, okay, what would it feel like to feel something in my field and start working with those energies? Intention is everything too, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like we, as I, as I said, we're all powerful, gifted human beings. So wherever our intention goes, the energy flows. Have we heard of that? Mm-hmm. Right? So we can put that energy into our food. We can take deep breaths. The breath is such an amazing tool to just connect and reconnect to ourselves and who we are. And it's every, everything's intention, right? Yeah. And I think that we have moved so far away from the belief that our minds can create our reality really truly. And like that mm-hmm. our intention is everything and taking moments, obviously like the privilege of taking a moment, even if it's just a second or two minutes to just like breathe and like mm-hmm. recenter, reground. Yeah. yeah. It's everything. Grounding is everything. Grounding is just connecting back into ourselves and into source light. Beautiful. So like, just to recap this, don't be afraid fear. We are powerful beings. Like we don't need to be afraid that, I mean, that was my biggest lesson is like, I spent 30 years of my life freaking out over the possibility of being possessed. And you know what? It happened. Like I had, I had a, it was attached, but it was actually one of the most freeing things that could have happened to me because I learned so much. And now I have the space to understand and hold space for any other beings who, who experience this. Right. So the, the best thing that we can do is to take care of our, of ourselves, of course, our physical body, lay witness to whatever percolates within our emotional body and our energetic body. And like, you know, hygiene, like continuously being aware of the different energies that we feel around us, taking care of our own energetic body, continuously coming back to raising vibration and expanding more into what it looks like for us to be the powerful energetic beings that we are, the co-creators using that visual plane and intention to really guide us, always connecting back into the intuitive wisdom within that compass that will always, always guide us exactly to where we need to go. Even if it's so that you can go and have an entity extracted from you. So you can have this podcast so that someone out there can feel seen and heard and, and know that, there is nothing to fear. You went to the edge. Yes. Yeah, and the edge expanded. It and did. then you're going to go to the next edge and the edge is going to keep expanding. Oh my like, oh God, what's the, the edge, edge of the universe? <laughs> and then the edges of the universe will keep expanding and there's no other way and no way out. Exactly. <laughs>
So thank I you so it. much for being, no, thank you, for being an expander for me, for holding space, for having, offering such sage, calm wisdom. I know we all really appreciate it. And thank you for working on me. What an incredible, I mean, look at us. Who knew, you know, I love, I love just the flow of spirit and your last name. I mean, we just had to work with your last name. So good. Yeah. It's so funny. (laughs) People are always like, that can't be real. I'm like, it's real. It's so real. So thank, thank you. So thank much. you for the space and, and yeah, for the conversation. Yeah. I hope that this lands for, for some, it definitely Absolutely. landed for me. Yeah. So activating. So where can our listeners find you? Where would be the best place to connect with you and work with you? Uh, my name is my website. So Man- Manuela Welton, uh, com and, and, or my Instagram or, you know, hello at Manuela Welton.com as for my email. Amazing. And I will put all of this information in the show notes so that if you do feel in resonance with working with Manuela, you can reach out to her and begin your journey together. So thank you so much, Manuela. It was such a pleasure. Um, What a beautiful conversation. We just really, terrain was covered. Terrain, a lot of taboo, a lot of disruption. I can't wait for the world to disrupt together. And I I really, I hold a vision of the world coming together in love. So Mm -hmm. that's what we get to create. So thank you for holding the space and, and rippling this out to the world. So much love. So much love. (laughs) Thank you for joining me on this podcast today. If you enjoyed today's episode and if you enjoy the podcast, it means the world to me. If you rate and review the podcast, this allows other people to see what is possible for them when they listen to this podcast. As well, let's be friends on Instagram. If you're not already following me, you can find me on Instagram at Ritual and Routine. And let's chat. I want to hear how this episode felt for you. And if you do share this episode with your friends on your Instagram stories, please tag me. I love to see it. And I appreciate every ounce of your support. So much love for you. Until next time. Thank you.